Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, before we get into our passage for the week, we want to announce an upcoming opportunity. Heritage Bible Church will be sponsoring a four-day marriage tune-up seminar beginning April 22nd for four consecutive Wednesday evenings from 6.30 to 7.30 at HBC in Boise. Dr. Tom Westall will be presenting 14 topics aimed to strengthening and protecting your marriage. I've said this before, but the best time to attend a seminar like this is when you don't yet need it. But there's something here for everyone, married or contemplating marriage, whether your marriage is cruising along or hitting some bumps in the road. And you are all invited to come and join us for all or any of those days beginning April 22nd at 630 at no charge. And we know it will be valuable. Our passage this week on Heritage Bible Radio is Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44, where the apostles are returning to Jesus after being equipped with miraculous power and sent out to the surrounding country to preach the gospel. Wanting to talk about their experiences and get some rest, they jump into a boat and leave. But thousands of people go ahead of them and are waiting for them on the other side. It's late. It's a secluded and desolate place, and everyone is getting hungry. You know what happens next. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Give Them Something to Eat. Now, why were they like a sheep without a shepherd? Well, it's because the ones who were supposed to be their shepherds, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were all false shepherds. They were false teachers. They were leading people astray. They were making the spiritual condition of the Jews worse than if they said nothing. They needed a true shepherd. And, of course, Jesus is that shepherd. Now, if you take our text, Matthew 6, I'm sorry, Mark 6, you have to put alongside it Matthew 14, Luke 9, and John 6 to get the quadraphonic stereo version of this event. And as with all times that you have parallel passages in the Bible, different books that describe the same event, you need to harmonize them to get the full picture. They don't contradict, but they, they fit together. Now, from that, from comparing them, there's an important nuance that Matthew emphasized that the others didn't. In describing this crowd that was following Jesus, Matthew uses a series of, of three <laughs> Three verbs in the imperfect tense. Not just this happened, that happened, that happened, but the emphasis is this was happening and this was happening. He says this crowd was following him. They were seeing the signs that he was performing, meaning that these are ongoing, act, ongoing um, events. This is, this is not just an, an incident. This was the whole pattern. Now, most of the people in this crowd, zealous as they were to get to where Jesus was, they really had no interest in a Savior from their sin. We'll see more about that when we get to the end today. They were wrapped up in the miracles. 
They knew the miracles always flowed from Jesus whenever He was in public. As I've described them many times, these were thrill-seekers. Now, there were some true believers scattered among them, but not the majority. As a matter of fact, remember Jesus says at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do all this in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. That's the many. That's the majority. That's most people who say they're Christians. Many. And there's a few, a few who come in genuine faith. These people loved what Jesus did, but they hated or ignored His words. He, to them, was just the greatest show on earth. There are lots of people today like that. That many is getting to be a bigger and bigger percentage, I think. And there are lots of preachers today who will give them what they want, anything but the deep things of Scripture and solid understanding of of sound doctrine and, and being willing to say what's true and expose what is false. And now that we have television and radio and internet and print media, it's just so much worse than it ever was in previous generations. You know, according to what goes on today in a lot of places and a lot of what you hear and read from so-called Christian sources, you would think that following Jesus as His disciple today is mainly about getting along in the world, having a good marriage, raising nice kids, and being healthy and happy. That's what most people think of as Christianity. Holiness, sacrifice, true commitment to living as a believer despite the cost, even if they say, don't say that name anymore, like we read in Acts. That's not what most people think it means to be a Christian. So here's the scene. Jesus told His guys, let's get away for a while. And he sought to be alone with them. That was going to be, as I said, his strategy for the the final year of his ministry when he's focused on training those guys, getting them ready for the cross and the resurrection and all of that. And these people followed on foot even when they crossed part of the corner of the Sea of Galilee. And, And out of compassion for them, Jesus healed their sick and taught them all day after he got to this place on the shore. Now in John 6, 3, if you're comparing. I don't know how fast you're page flipping there. But in John 6, 3, it says, Jesus went up on the mountain, and there He sat with His disciples. Now, when we go to Israel next month, those of you that are there, you might just get to this place, and you might say, where's the mountain? Well, it's because you're from Idaho. You know what a mountain is. People that live by the Sea of Galilee, when there's a bump that you can't see over, that's a mountain. He went up on a hill so he could talk, to, so he could talk to, uh, to more people. Now, that sets the scene for the miracle and for several lessons that Jesus had in mind for the apostles. And since this is recorded in Scripture, He has those lessons in mind for us as well. You need a vacation, uh, but shepherds are always on call and they respond to the needs of the, of the sheep. We get to the great part, listen and obey. What happens next is 
absolutely astounding. The, the twelve were surely exhausted before this day even started. They thought they were going to get some rest, but what's going to happen here was all designed by Jesus to teach them something that they had no idea they were about to learn. Now, give them credit. They were looking out for the well-being of all the people who were there. Maybe a little maturity might have been starting to sink in after they had been out there doing the, the preaching for a while. But they actually felt a little compassion in verses 35 and 36. It says, when it was already quite late, so late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate. And it is already quite late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Now, here you've got to do a little bit of work to, to harmonize the four records of this. If you put them all together, from John, we learned that when they said that, Jesus turned to Philip to get the, question start, uh, to get the lesson started. Now, bear in mind, Jesus was in full control of every situation. He knew exactly what He was going to do, but He's bringing these guys along. So, He, he turns to Philip. He wasn't a bit surprised by this, and, and He takes what looks like a big logistical problem, and He turns it into an opportunity to demonstrate yet again who He is. Over in John chapter 6, He summarizes it this way. Jesus, therefore, lifting up his eyes and seeing a great multitude was coming to him. They were all gathered there by the mountain, the hill. He said to Philip, where are we going to buy bread that these may eat? And this he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Now, we don't know why he singled out Philip. I don't think he took him aside and made this a private conversation. So probably they were all in the same place. Probably they all heard about the situation. But we do know Jesus asked the question as a test. He said this to test him. The Greek word behind that word test can be translated two different ways in English depending upon the, the context. The root word, uh, the root idea of this word is a test. But in English, if it is a test that includes a solicitation for you to do something evil, we usually translate it temptation rather than text, uh, than test, or rather than uh, uh, something else. And if it's a situation with a difficult problem to be resolved, we usually translate it by trial. So test is the common ground for that. If it's just a, a, a test of something difficult, a trial, solicitation to evil, we call it temptation. So whenever you face any difficult situation, it's a test of your spiritual condition. It's a test of your will. It's a test of your commitment to your Lord Jesus Christ. I've talked to several people this week that are having some real tests with all kinds of things that are just, they're just hard. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.